Go. <laughs> Dr. Asha George, uh, you and your company, the Bipartisan Commission for Biodefense. There's no way I said that right. It seems absurd when I say it. It's very fancy. That's my old job, you know. Biodefense chairman or president. How do you become the leader of that? That seems, um, do they call you? Do you apply? I haven't seen that in the one ad is my point. Right, right. Well, you know, I, I think the people that have come to, the, to this community, to the biodefense arena, came to it from any number of different other life paths. For me, I was in the army, as you know, and uh, went to Desert Storm and had to deal with anthrax potentially being loaded into Saddam Hussein's Iraqi missiles and us having to take anthrax vaccine that had just been like emergency use authorized by the FDA. And uh, as a military intelligence officer, looking at, uh, at what the intelligence had to say about the threat, um, that's how I got my start in it. And then uh, after the army, I went into uh, public health. I had a master's before and then went on. To I'm going to cut you off here because I don't know me personally. This is, I'm really glad we're talking like this because there's buzzwords we hear all the time and we don't know what they mean. A okay. bipartisan, I'm going to say, Corey, what percentage, I'll say 50, 50% 50 of the listeners actually don't, they couldn't say what that means. What, what do you think, Corey? I agree. Like, like bi and that's simple. Bi means two, like a bicycle. That's just two different parties. I don't have an allegiance to the left or the right. I'm a doctor. I don't give a shit about your blue or your red. I'm just down with the science. Right. But like literally bipartisan, like let's go beat by beat. And when you say public health as an arena, I don't like, I don't know if people can conceptualize what that is. It's kind of like these, these I know you're not using them as placeholders, but when politicians go better tomorrow or, or, you know, hope and change. It's like, that's not a plan. So what is the public health area? Like, it seems giant. Like, if you were going to get specific, how, what is it really? Well, you know, with regular medicine, you're talking about a doctor who treats an individual one at a time. Public health is basically medicine for large groups of people, looking at populations and groups and treating them looking at them. So that could be a, a town that can't sustain itself or support itself. That could be a village in Africa. That could be, could, could that be like what determines the size of that group? And forgive me for nerding out here. Like if you were hired by the NBA, that would be as private, but there's a lot of people. Is it by size? Like no. when did it become a public health thing? You know, it's, it's hard to say there's no actual definition. But you know, it's just when we decide, we as society decides we're looking at a group or a population. You're magnificent. I'm, I'm going to tell you why. I've told you in the past, but your job didn't exist 20 years ago. It was not even, I mean, it probably did because there's a lot of things that go on in D.C. behind the scenes. But anthrax vaccines, I mean, MRSA, start, like these things, because what you're working on, what fascinates me is, and we're going to get, for the listeners, we're going to get to some data real quick. And you're going to know what's actually happening and not what happened um, your job, did your job exist 25 years ago? It couldn't have. You know, biodefense, I don't think really did. Wow. Uh, but we, your passion. But public health has been around for, for you know, centuries. Yeah, I'm specifically the bio. Yeah. Uh, y- your passion 
that you love so much, biodefense did not exist when you were studying for what you wanted your passion to be. That's, that's part exactly of my lesson right. for anybody out there struggling to find what their purpose or passion is. Like Dr. Captain Asha George from the Bipartisan Commission of Biodefense. Dr. Asha George, am I going to be okay? I do not have COVID. I live in Los Angeles, which is a hot spot. Uh, two apartments, one in Playa Vista, one in Malibu. My circle's pretty tight. I see Corey. She's got my goddaughters, of course, my son. My community's pretty tight. Am I okay? I think you're okay. You seem okay. No, I know I'm okay. <laughs> Why can't the medical community tell me anything definitive about this virus? Explain to me and the listeners what makes it so hard to land something to apply to the COVID-19 virus? You know, look, it's a novel, it's a novel disease. It's a novel. novel. It means that we've never seen it before. It's a brand new virus. had, Had it been something we had seen before that had just sort of slightly mutated, like what happens with seasonal influenza? Yeah. It's an influenza virus that changes somewhat, but we see it every single year. Uh, Sometimes we see multiple strains every single year. So we're really familiar with it. When it comes to this particular coronavirus, although coronaviruses do seem to float around a lot, this one has mutated quite a bit. It means that its genetic composition has changed. I don't know what that means. It means. I mean, I I got I'm going to really dumb you down. You are smarter than I would be in nine lifetimes. So I got to really slow it down so I can process it because I know how legit you are and I love it. And I'm so happy you're on the podcast because we're going to get data, but I want to make sure we know the data we're getting. Okay. okay. So what does that mean, um, what you said? So you, if you can imagine that there is this thing called a virus. Okay. I can. I can imagine. Okay. So now the virus is composed of bits and pieces. Okay. And the combination of those bits and pieces have come together to create COVID-19. And it looks different than any other combination of bits and pieces that have created coronaviruses before. Fantastic. Thank you. So does it mutate, change its bits and pieces about its own self? Where when you think it does? It does. So when you get a handle on it and you go to look at it again, it's no longer that handle. Right. So that's where we are right now. It's looking like the virus may have already mutated. And it looks like inside the United States, we may have, you know, three or four different versions. So that explains why some people are getting different, uh, you know, levels of disease. Uh, It might explain why we're seeing a lot of cases in Chicago, say, but not as many in other major metropolitan areas. There's a, there's a feeling, we're not sure yet, uh, but there's a feeling that there's a specific uh, mutated version of this virus in, in Chicago that's different than everywhere else. So listen, you know, it's a... Chicago hypothetical, by the way? Sure, you can go hypothetical. No, was Chicago hypothetical? No, Chicago is not hypothetical. Chicago, they're looking right now, they're trying to figure out whether the uh, the version of the virus there has has mutated and and that that's the explanation for what's going on there, they're not sure yet. You know, you're talking about microscopic bits and pieces that have to be examined. 
I really love how you explain that. It's got all these little bits and pieces. I picture like a, a whole bunch of little salt and pepper and there's paprika. And then you go back, it's like saffron. Who put saffron in the stick? Right. Uh, if it's always changing and there aren't that many tests, design, the ideal testing availability, it's not ideal. Uh, is that a fact? You know, I, I think that we want. I'm giving you wiggle room here. Uh, you know, you're not going to be, is it ideal meaning this is great. This is working. What I think what we want when we're talking about testing. Skillful is what, dodge, lady. <laughs> Skillful dodge. You can say what? I will, go, I will circle back to your question. All right. But, I believe you. you. Know, what we, what, what, ideally, what you'd want is something that stays the same all the time. That you design a test that can test for that thing that stays the same all the time. And then you can say definitively, yes, you have it. No, you don't. Or no, you don't. In this case, first of all, we're not even sure exactly what its composition is. There hasn't been a whole lot of time to study this virus, number one. Number two, viruses have a tendency to change anyway as we go through life. They're, that's what they're designed to do. Number three, viruses... You're, you're at number three, I'll remind you. I didn't know that. Viruses are designed... Well, I mean, they well, are celestially... <laughs> to mutate and change all the time? They do. Successful viruses mutate and change all the time. Like, uh, like living things, you have to adapt or you become extinct. Yes. Wow. And when you, when you start pressing, well, I'm going to say up against viruses, but what I mean is when you start coming up with treatments, when you start uh, drawing circles around people and saying, hey, you have to stay right where you are and uh, don't go anywhere and don't do anything, the virus, although I don't want to humanize it too much, but viruses are smart and they figure out ways to get around to these uh, countermeasures. Uh, that's why we have things like antibiotic resistance, which has to do with bacteria. But what's happened with bacteria is you keep, you keep hitting bacteria in the human population with specific, you know, uh, antibiotics. And then eventually the bacteria figures out a way to get around it. So bacteria it wants to a living thing, even though it's a it's a bacteria. It, because is it is it true that all living things are predisposed to mutating or evolving to stay on the earth? All living things, like from a sea anemone to an elephant, rhinoceros to a virus to a bacteria. I, I'm generalizing. I'm ignorant. Yeah, I, I I think that's probably the case. Although I'm not sure right, that I can give you hundred percent. This is about data, not what we're pretty sure about. So. Right. We know for a fact that it's billions of bits and pieces, my words, a lot of bits and pieces make up a virus, and each virus has its very unique amount, shape, size, flavors of the bits and pieces that make up that virus. And when we figure out, and this goes to the influenza and other viruses, when we figure out how to treat that virus, we go to apply it A through M, suddenly we're looking at M through Z, and it's, it's, it, it's, it's obsolete. That's what you're saying? Right. Okay. Thank you. I know 100% more about virus than I did before this conversation. So I'm already happy. Good. Testing in the country seems to me not ideal. Uh, that's why I was surprised it wasn't, I really thought it was an, uh, a knee jerk. We all know this. No. So I'm, that, I'm curious about your, uh, your circuitous route to an answer, a binary one that hasn't been arrived at yet. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, this is, this is the way it is. Um, Let me ask you a different way. What would make testing ideal 
in the United States? That's a much better way to phrase it. Well, I, I think the way we, what we have to do is instead of trying to test for the entire, the ent- entire organism, instead, if you could find one or two or three of those bits and pieces we were talking about. Top down. Top down or bottom up, depending, I guess, on your on I your. I was confused by that actually. <laughs> but Sorry, if those not everything in a virus changes entirely when we talk about mutation. Right. Some of it does. Significant portions of it do, does. You put on but, a fake mustache. You don't change your whole body. Then you got to wear a disguise. Right. Yeah. Right. So, so if we could test for just those bits and pieces that seem never to change, then you would have a much better shot at really good testing that um, that for the data for which we can use uh, much more easily and can be much more sure of, but we're not there yet. Well, it seems like, uh, how, how are we not there yet? Because it seems, uh, is that, an, is your opinion what you just said about finding the common threads in each thing seems very logical, pragmatic. Is that a universally accepted scientific uh, result that we're going for? It's, uh, it's an approach, but it's an extremely difficult to achieve approach because you have to identify what those core pieces are. Well, I, I don't think it's easy at all. I'm just saying I, I would like everyone to be going at the same approach, or maybe I don't, but if that's your opinion and you're the head of biodefense for the Bipartisan Commission, I, I got to think it's probably a great idea. Is there blowback within science, the doctors, the scientists, does somebody present an idea like if you said something like that with Dr. Fauci, Dr. Briggs, or whomever, would somebody go, no, 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 that's not the way you do it? Because I don't know. To me, it's empirical data science, and I know this is an evolving organism and it's changing. But is your opinion, are most opinions in science shared universally? Well, okay, let's answer the first question, which is what would, what would Dr. Fauci or Dr. Burke say? They would say what I just said to you. That that's that that is an approach, and it's an extremely it's an extremely difficult approach to to execute. People have been trying for a long time, uh, like with uh, with influenza. There's a drive to uh, to create a universal influenza vaccine and a test that would work, you know, universally. It's the same. It's the same thing. Uh, but what they would also say, and what I would say to you, is that there are lots of approaches to, uh, to vaccines and the development of vaccines. So, you know, maybe you don't care so much about uh, this very specific version, and, or maybe you're trying to just get the body to, to generate an immune response to something. Um, there are just all these different approaches and ways to get at vaccines, and everybody's trying all these different approaches and, and ways uh, to see what gets us there first. Some things are easier than others, but we don't know which ones are going to be easier and quicker than others. I'm realizing, and thank you for the explanation, and I'm realizing our worlds are so different. You are in the woods. I'm just looking at trees. That testing being ideal, I meant if I want a test, can I go get it? And I think you're coming from the, like, it, or do we have a handle on what we're testing here or whatever? Correct. I look at it the that same way. That is exactly right. You know, people, people have said exactly what you have. We just want to be able to go and get a test. I had a COVID test. My girlfriend gave it to me. She had one uh, from her job. And I said, what if this is positive? What do we do? She says, well, we call my doctor and he meets us at the emergency room and we keep an eye on you. And I went, staring at me is not treatment. So when people test positive, 
is that we don't know what happens. Like no one, there's been so much disinformation. And by the way, that's not my opinion. I'm not going to politicize anything. The earth is working on COVID. Earth, Iceland, Japan, America, Canada, Jakarta, everywhere, both Montevideo, everybody. Yep. Nothing, no data, not to us, the general public. And the data you guys have is tough to share because if it's not ready yet, people want to know why isn't it ready yet. It's like, it's, it takes a while. It's a brand new thing. Is it, what do you do if you get it? Is, is that true? They just keep an eye on you? They just watch you and see if you stop breathing? Like if I test positive, what do I do first? You go to a hospital. Why? Because that's the only place that's going to be able to help you get treatment now. Right, but I'm not going to fall over in like six minutes, right? I mean, I... No, you, you, you shouldn't, but you're getting at something else here, which is not everybody is responding to this virus in the same way if they get it, right? Some people get, uh, get the virus and they get infected with the virus, and then they seem to, ha- to be ill for maybe a few days, and then they get over it and go on with their lives. Other people get it, and they seem to be in the hospital for months and months and months and have all these you know, additional issues, and then there are people all in between. And then, of course, you know, you've seen all the, uh, the reports of all these asymptomatic people. Lots of people walking around. Being you test positive, but you feel perfectly fine, and you never right. cough, you don't get a fever, you just... It's like having a, just for the listener, not for you, obviously. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you so, just, figuring out, so figuring out the treatment is a challenge just in and of, of, of itself, number one, because we don't know what's going to happen. It sounds like I'm combative. It's because it's at, it, it's probably a reflexive reaction to the misinformation because I, what am I going to do, complain to the news? Um, that's not treatment. That's no, the, that's, not, that's not treatment. But there are plenty of diseases out there where we don't have uh, a medical treatment. We don't have a pill or, you know, some specific medical things that we can do to help them. So for example, there's no treatment for Ebola. I can't give you, if you get Ebola, I can't give you something. Some a doctor can't give you a pill and you just take it and it just goes away. It's, we don't have that yet. So what do you do? You still can treat the patient. When, just can't get when, rid of the when was Ebola? What years? Ish around ballpark it. Uh, well, we had say approximately before you tell me the time. We we had the Ebola outbreak. The previous Ebola outbreak was in two thousand nine. Um, okay, and, that's all needed. By the way, so from two, so that's a decade. There's no nothing. There's been no. I mean, I know there's been inroads made. Obviously, there's been intelligence gathered. Then how did it go away? Well, it hasn't gone away. It's still sort of raging, and uh, it's still in Africa. It just hasn't been spreading around the world. And oddly, Santa Monica. No. And oddly, uh, Santa Monica. <laughs> I'm to, I'm to, to put jokes in court. But you, uh, but you make it. But you listen. You make a good point. Uh, back in 2001, Governor Ridge, who's one of the co-chairs for our commission, Tom Ridge, first yes. homeland security uh, guy, man, Secretary. minister. I don't know, my Secretary. man, Pennsylvania. Yes. Uh, Governor Ridge often says, and he says it in public, he says when he came in as the Secretary of Homeland Security, he got a briefing on various biological agents and diseases that would be, uh, you know, a national security risk for the United States. And Ebola was on that list. And so here we are 20 years later, and we still don't have 
you know, vaccines, we don't have treatments, we don't have all this for something that's on, you know, was on a list 20 years ago. That terrifies me in regards to COVID, but I also am grounded enough to know that one is not the other. So who knows? So the odds of this having no, the COVID-19 never having a vaccine or as long as Ebola is, even the odds, nobody knows. Well, I'm seeing now the, the puzzle that your job is because if I can't identify, I can't treat. And if it's mutating when I do, I get, like, I get it. I, I get it. Thank you so much for this. Um, it's hard for me as a grown-up to just conceive of Earth with one goal, nothing. It, it seems, you know, we seedless grapes, man on the moon. We can clone a sheep. We can have babies with their heads stuck together on the same softball team on the Learning Channel. I call them monsters. People call them twins. Uh, whatever. You, your job seems impossible. I, I got to think that when you guys hit something, it's a joy none of us will ever experience. You save millions, exponentially amount of lives. It's, it's who do you high five when that happens? I don't know. The rest of humanity, I guess. I don't know. But, you know, look, I mean, it, it's true. There are, there are a billion different things that that we could be trying to achieve at once here. But one, one of the things we have to keep in mind with COVID-19 is that it's, it's something that's clear and present and dangerous right this very second. And it's top of mind and people are still dying and people are still, you know, crowding uh, intensive care units and the rates of disease, the case numbers are still going up here in the United States and elsewhere. So the, attention and pressure to find a vaccine, to find an antiviral, to develop a medical treatment, a pill or something that you can take if you get it so that it'll just go away, to create uh, personal protective equipment that actually works so we could feel confident in that, or to find a diagnostic test. All of those things, those five what things mean diagnostic running after. What does diagnostic test mean? Diagnostic test is a test that somebody gives you to diagnose and identify whether or not you have a particular disease. The test, okay. See, yeah. that's weird. That's, it's interesting to me because that's your language. Like if two comics talking about comedy, you, you would think we were on acid probably. So I, I'm not breaking your chops. I just honestly don't know what it means. So a, a, a diagnostic test is a test. A test, yes. Okay, and I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not putting you on blast. What's the num like no ifs, ands, or buts. What is the number one way I can be sure I'm doing my, what's the one thing I can do to keep this from spreading? Like, what do we know works? What's the one thing that prevents it from spreading? Like, what can I do? Like, we were told wash our hands, the face masks, social distancing. Is there one that's more than the other? If you're going to make me pick one, I would say wearing a mask. Okay. Uh, wearing the mask, I, it dawned on me a little late in the game here, uh, Dr. Asha George, that wearing a mask is so I don't put my fingers in my own mouth, in my own nose, and my own membranes exist. Like, if you touch your face, your lips, which we do all day, all the time, I can't do that with a mask on, so I can't give myself, co- if I touch a surface or something, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, 
what's the number one reason it blew and roared back? Like what, what was the number one reason we can avoid that we saw the increase we saw? Cause now it's like, we're, it's craziness. So what, why, why is it so bad right now? Well, people undid what you just said. They stopped wearing masks. They uh, started, uh, I want to say the opposite of social distancing. I don't know. Social social closing. Uh, Yeah, I saw that. I remember Memorial Day on the beach. I thought this is like Altamont Speedway. The Rolling Stones runs. This is bad news. It was weird. The tide was too high. All the music sounded weird. I didn't know who these people were because it's a, there's no public access to that beach. I went, I just had a bad feeling. So I guess Memorial Day, is that like the time we're looking at when it, we can trace back when it sort of went up, when we undid what we had done? Uh, you know, I think it depends on the state, in all honesty. I'm not trying to dodge. I think it just depends. No, I know, I know you're not. Let, let's get something out of the way for the listeners because it, this has been politicized so much that a guy like Dr. Anthony Fauci who's dedicated his life 40 years of medicine into just doing the right thing. He's completely apolitical. Are you able to state, if we were in court handing the Bible under penalty of perjury, you will go to jail if we find out you're wrong. Is this man's word impeccable? His word is impeccable. But what he says is that there's no way he's manipulating or changing dialogue. It's two plus two is four. I can show you the proof. He is speaking the truth. Based on science, but based on current science, because, you know, science is always evolving. Okay, I'm glad you just said that, because for the listener, what we know about Dr. Fauci was he's been wrong on a lot of things that was quoted. It turns out, A, Dr. Fauci's word, it's all false. It's innocent. It's completely made up. His words. Like, like he was apoplectic that somebody could say that about him, let alone a, a leader. So it's nice to hear from the head of biodefense for the Bipartisan Commission that, you know, what Anthony Fauci, Dr. Anthony Fauci says is the word, capital W, good, because we don't know who to listen to. So when Dr. Fauci, Dr. is it just the people working on this in general that are doctors, that's the word. We'll use a capital W, we're both Christians, capital W, the word, that's it, right? Okay. The CDC, it just got switched. There's whatever that stuff is they do. The Center for Disease Control, mm-hmm. HHS, Human yep. Health Services. They had a shift of uh, sharing data. We're going to be in charge of that from now on. I, I don't know why that impacts me at all, does it? Well, look, I think the the good news is that everybody's trying to get a handle on the data and make sure that it's accurate. The bad news is it's not a great idea. I I don't believe that's true. I don't believe you believe that's true, that everybody wants it to be accurate data, data, data. Okay, maybe not everybody, but a lot of people want want it to be accurate, I think. But the bad news is the CDC has been doing this for all of this time, you know, decades and decades. They're the ones we look to to generate data on our population and on various groups. They are a public health agency to take away reporting uh, to them and send it somewhere else uh, is a very concerning move. Uh, I don't know that because other entities have never done this before. Uh, Other human and health or health and human health and human services. They've never done this before. 
They don't have an entity that works on just taking data specific to uh, a particular disease and figuring out what that data means. Right. And they, that's they what CDC did. That was their thing. That is one of their, that is one of their missions. So you said public CDC is, is public health. HHS is not public health? Or is it, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I, I guess that's a great question. I, yeah, I would say it's that... It's more like, it's, it, in newspapers and stuff, it seems like an executive branch sort correct. of uh, parlor, like a little bo- a boutique in the executive branch where CDC is Walmart. I, I would say instead that HHS is a, you know, a federal department and it's part of the federal bureaucracy. Not every part of HHS addresses public health. Uh, some parts just address pure medicine. You know, they all have different different missions. But the mission of the CDC is public health. Is there somebody in the HHS when that transfer of information is announced? I feel as look, everyone talks about being a constitutionalist, and they're they're anybody that says it in my in my lifetime. Actually, they're not. They're not. It's like born again, my words, born again. Dr. Ash George, her word is impeccable. This is the comedian who smoked a ton of pot talking. Uh, I just, doesn't somebody in the, if I'm a citizen that votes, I don't want this to happen. And if these are elected, is they, are any of these people elected to these positions? CDC or HHS? Uh, to the generally, you know. No. Okay. No. Okay. We're talking about politically appointed people in no, various. Do I vote for yeah, like are these people voted and become sent? Like you know, uh, Mike Pence is the head of uh, the executive branch's task force. He was you know he's on the ticket. We voted for him. Right. I, but you know whatever. I get it. So if that gets transferred over to him, I need that guy Mike Pence to go. I'm not qualified for that actually. Did anybody the HHS was there? you know we're not doing any i'm pretty sure was there somebody that stood up that i can champion and keep an eye on because they're my kind of person politician let's be honest that said actually this is a bad idea i work at the hhs and i don't think this is good i don't don't know if that happened i don't know either okay thank you um the number one thing you can do to not spread covid or get it is wear a face mask that that's fact yes Social distancing works, yes or no, are your only options. Yes. Okay, thank you. Now, if someone has COVID and they quarantine themselves for 14 days instead of going to the hospital, what are they, that seems, I would much rather do, I don't want to go to the hospital, I'd rather lay in my bed. And if it gets bad, then I can go to the hospital. Am I going to the hospital proactively in case those beds fill up? Is that, is that a piece of the pie wedge of reasons? I mean, you're asking... We're all going to die, aren't we? Eventually. <laughs> Eventually, yes, we're all going to die. You know, I, I think the problem is we don't know what, you know what level of illness you're going to get. So if you, have, if you knew in advance and there's no, no, no way... I mean, literally, I take the test, I feel fine, and it says you're positive. I feel fine. Like right now, I feel great. It says positive... I think ideally you're right. You know, if you're not going to get a high grade, you know, version of the disease, staying at home until it's gone, that is ideal. That is what you want. But we don't know. Um, And all the hospitals, by the way, 
are making different decisions. So somebody, if you went, it's not good. So they may look at you too and say, look, this is a relatively young person in excellent shape who says he feels fine. And yeah, he got a positive COVID-19 test. We are going to send him home and tell him to self-monitor and drink a lot of water and do whatever else he can to help himself get through this illness. And if things get worse, come back, but otherwise stay at home. Other hospitals are not doing that. The treatment in my home is the same as the treatment at the hospital. There is no. Well, no, that's not, that's not entirely true. Okay. There, which are, specifically? There, are, there are other things that they can do. So if your body really, really goes into distress and it's really having a hard time with this disease, they can give you an IV, you know, to support your liquid intake. They can do some other things to help the body as it's trying to fight off the disease. It okay. can, you know, hospitals can do that with, with any number of diseases. This is not the first disease. No, no, I got it. Like if you had cancer, if you had pancreatic cancer, you're, you're dying. You're dead. If you're here two years from now, you're a miracle. Even if you die two years or one day, there's nothing. Right. So, but they can give me an IV because I'm dehydrated. They give me something to help my loose stool. It's, I got you. Um, the CDC now, what they say, who we know Dr. Fauci's word is impeccable. Dr. Bricks, yourself. We don't know where our information should come from. For, well, we do know it's the top. That's not political. That's life. That's your parents. That's your God, your higher power. If you're an atheist, that's your fucking atheist, whatever the name of your softball team is, because you've got to tell everybody you're an atheist and you're vegan all the time. So sure. we, it's become so gray, we have no idea who... Nobody knows what the CDC is. Nobody knows what the WHO is. Nobody knows what HHS is. And the articles just pump out. It's like, oh, well, all that's happening. It doesn't affect me. It affects us more than anything we've ever experienced in our lives. And we're the most uneducated on it. And we are being uh, gaslit, really. And look, I'm sorry. I'm not going backwards. But I just want to let everyone know for you, Savior, you cuckold, liberal, libtard, Hollywood guy. I don't give a fuck who's in power. You guys know me by now. Well, what, what, Christine Todd Whitman, that was my first ballot ever, a woman Republican, and she was a damn good governor. Mm-hmm. Chris Christie took on the teachers union. He was a boss, big ass, walking through Willowbrook Mall in Wayne, New Jersey with that big Italian ass. I love him. Enough with the bread, Chris. I like bread. We don't know any of this. Like, who is the voice where we can go to get the up to the minute information. When you learn something new, where does it go? Where is the fountain of info for us all universally? We don't have one. We have should we have ever had one before. Yes, we have. Uh, not not all of your listeners are going to remember, but remember C. Everett Coop. Of course, he had that Amish beard. He had a buggy. His wife's name was Jebediah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. So he was our central voice. There was a unified message and he put it out. And he, and by the way, you know, when he spoke, he was also very clear about what he did and did not know where science was and was not. Uh, he was a straight shooter. He told the American public and the rest of the world how it was. Uh, and as things changed, you know, he, he brought those changes to, to the public. We don't title? have that. His we do not was, have that. What was his title? Surgeon General, U.S. Surgeon uh, General. For something didn't sound right in my head. Well, we have a Surgeon General still, right? We do. Who I, I I don't know who it is. I'm sorry. 
Uh, Jerome Adams, I think is his name. But listen, there have been other, there have been other spokespeople though. It can be the director of the CDC. It can be. I don't want people, I don't want to get cloudy here. So right now there is not, what you're saying I know is correct, but if it's not moving it forward, I don't want people to get hung up going laterally in the woods here. So there was a centralized voice. It was the Surgeon General. I remember him very well. He had that one beard, no mustache. Mm-hmm. He had a big mole on his face. It was like 16 inches long. It looked like bacon. No. Uh, so we still have a Surgeon General. When, by the way, none of these questions are gotcha, aha. Dr. Asha and I have known each other about a year. We, we talk frequently. We're friends. It ain't come. When did the... How, if we have an attorney general, why did it not become, I don't know what I'm trying to ask you. Why, when did that happen? It doesn't matter when it happened. I guess what matters is how do we find where that voice is? How do we centralize our opinions into one fountain, one speaker? How would that happen? You know, I think all that needs to happen is that the White House needs to just make a choice. It can be the Surgeon General. It could be the head of the CDC. It could be Tony Fauci over at NIH. It can be anybody they want, but they need to pick one person that puts out one message, and they need to allow that person to speak uh, what they believe to be the truth, and they have to allow for the evolution of science and how things may change. The problem right now is what you just said, that that we have all different voices from all different places. People are contradicting each other. There's no centralized messaging. And then on how, top of that, how can we be contradicting messages if we're talking about facts? I don't understand that. And I don't think, I don't think my friends understand it. I don't think Corey gets it. I don't think people have not. How I'm so lost. I'm really scared. I'm fucking, t- I am very afraid. When I go to bed at night, I suddenly get really concerned with my mortality. I feel perfectly healthy. I just came from a workout across the street. Ropes, sprints, bear crawls, chin-ups, never touched each other. And when I lay in bed tonight, that's when my mind starts going and the Republic has come undone. It has actually come undone in our lifetime. We're living it right now. We almost had a civil war. I guess I'm downloading on you because... This is what I know. You're the doctor of bio. Like you're the head of the Bio Defense Commission. We're going to be fine because nature abhors a vacuum. It's not, we're not, you know, 8 billion people are going to vanish. It's not happening. We'll become hermits first. Nature abhors a vacuum. But the fact that Earth, the idea that what is real can be confusing to the public because of the amount of voices contradicting science. I got to be honest with you. That scares me more than anything that scared me in my lifetime. And that's literally how things end violently in our histories. I'm just unloading. It's, I think I'm speaking for a lot of people like enough. This is crazy. There's no question. I'm just, you're my friend. So I'm going, I love you. I'm terrified and this is not okay. And when you say something to me like all the white house has to do, I know you're not, you didn't say all, 
the White House would have to appoint one voice. I know, and everyone listening knows, it's not happening. Unless it's uh, like the fucking guy that plays Chuck E. Cheese in Van Nuys. He got fired because, you know, peed in the suit, so we're going to let him talk. Like, it's that crazy over there. And I'm not a political person. But it is what it is. And I feel betrayed by my country. And, and to have you on here and lay this on you isn't fair as a biodefense expert, but as my friend that's a biodefense expert, I, I, I feel cheated, embarrassed, ashamed, sad, angry. I'm angry. I'm the assistant principal in my kid's school. I'm not qualified. I barely got a junior high. But I know we're going to be okay. And I know you know we're going to be okay. Yeah. But I would be a phony if I didn't tell you I'm putting on a big act all day, every day. Because I know when I get to that bed at night, I'm full of shit. I'm a liar because I'm terrified because I don't know anything. Were you terrified we, before, before no. COVID-19? It is No. I, Corey will tell you. I don't really do fear at all. If it's not happening, it's not my problem. This is happening. I was laying in bed and I realized there is nowhere on earth I can go to. That's when it really consumed me when I went, if I go to Bora Bora, guess what, asshole? Wash your hands. You don't want to get it on earth. Yeah. But you have to keep in mind, look, you know, we have all kinds of diseases all over. I know we're going to be okay. All that's changed is that you were not aware of the danger before. And now we have this thing that's showing you what the danger is. It's just one example of, of danger when it comes to disease. There are plenty of other things out there too. It's just that now you're more aware. So the question is, what are you going to do with that fear? Are you going to, I want to, I'll tell you, I can't do with that fear because what I do with that fear is I get information. Right. There's no centralized fountain or source. That to me is the Republic has come undone. It was done. And it became undone when somebody chose to undo it. And I'm not, you know, that's me. But I'm also telling my listeners, they know I won't lie to them. And I have not said anything that is not a fact. There was C. Everett Koop, the attorney general, hey, don't smoke, it's bad for you. Well, we already knew that, but welcome to 1960, sir. Great. I appreciate you coming on TV and telling me not to smoke is bad. But that's it. The fact that that responsibility was removed so that I could be told to inject the whatever, sunlight, whatever. It's just insane or some goofy chlorine, like you're going to clean pools with your blood. Like, what are we doing? And that's proven like, no, that was absolutely crap. It didn't work at all. It's crazy making. So until there is that one singular voice, Dr. Fauci, who, by the way, is being pressed. You don't corner an animal. They strike. I feel like this guy's going to be, uh, like, put him on the ticket, maybe. <laughs> you know, it's so Dr. Fauci's voice is the voice of factual data. Right? Yes. As, as far as he knows it, yes. Right. And by that, you mean that's what we thought about homosexuality. In the, we thought it was a, a sickness in the 1800s. We know now it's not a sickness at all. It's just what it is. Yeah. Science evolved. But, but back then, that's, you know, they put leeches on people at one point. They thought it would help them. But that's right. not where we're at. We are at the tip. We are a forward-thinking scientific community, and that's probably the best 
positive news or thing I've said in a long time. <laughs> that's, that's the backbone. So basically what I'm saying to you is you're not allowed to waver because we're relying on you and people like you. I'm getting choked up. Like, this is my country, you know? It is. I, my kid can't go to school. None of the kids I coach can go to school. There's only so many videos on YouTube of wrestling matches. You can send 22 people until they go, do I have a life? What are we doing? College? I'm sending kids to college, and I don't even know if they can go. So yep. just, I love you, and I love what you do. And the fact that this is your passion before it existed, you're remarkable. And I'm so grateful that someone like you and someone like Dr. Anthony Fauci are alive and here and helping us. And the fact that this guy has been turned into some kind of weird, like, yeah, but what do you think? I, I swear to God, I've been surfing and I've, my friend who I like and love, what do you think about this Fauci? That's what he said to me. I looked at him and I said, I'm going to punch you in your fucking mouth if you ever say it to me again. But I can't have this conversation. I can't do it. I can't call it a hoax. I can't deal with somebody that thinks it's a goofy thing. So Dr. Fauci's word is the word and your word is the word. So everybody listening, when science speaks, it is science. It doesn't vote. It doesn't wear a tie. There's no American flag pen on the numbers that come up in a computer screen that go, we got it. We got yeah. it. We got it. I needed to hear that today. And I think the listeners, I know the listeners did too. So if you have COVID, the odds of you dying, very slim. The odds right. of you being miserable, very high. Yes. The odds of getting COVID, if you have a face mask on and distance and bump elbows instead of shaking hands, very slim. Correct. That's what I need to hear. It took me a long time to get there. Sorry. So your odds of getting COVID with a face mask and distancing and washing your hands are very slim. Is very slim and overstatement. I think it's a relative. You do everything you're talking about. It's a relative statement, right? You know, compared to what? No, I don't. No, no, no. It's not. I don't believe so. If we're look, I mean, yeah, fifty percent's a lot. 10% 10% less. I get it. What, how many people have it in the United States? What percentage do you know? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know offhand, JJ. Sorry. You're, well, you're looking at the, uh, what you're doing. That's not your job to know. Correct. You're looking for the cure. Is that your number one job is looking for the cure? No, my number one job is trying to get the government to change uh, how it's approaching biodefense and strengthen our biodefense here in the United States. I'm not looking for a cure. I'm trying to make it so the government can find a cure. Has the government, I want to frame this moving forward. You deserve that. And I hope when you do interviews in the future, you can say, uh, uh, I want to keep the conversation moving forward because we know what happened. Uh, 3 million confirmed cases, 3.5 confirmed cases. Is that the United States, Corey? Yeah. Uh, one 138 by the end of the day. How about this? 137, 419 by the end of the day, 138 for sure. Yeah. Hey man. Hey, things are going good. You keep going. Yeah. But, you know, the thing is though, I mean, and not to, yeah, not to, not to be overly positive necessarily. We, no, we no. Have- it's not positive or negative. We're just, it is what it is. Right. Yeah. So, so we have about a million cases that have recovered, but also remember we have a lot of people walking around right now that are asymptomatic. 
that we just don't know about because we don't have enough tests to just test everybody, you know, endlessly. Um, we have to keep, we have to keep all these facts in mind. Yes. It's way more infectious and way more deadly than other diseases that we could get. But yes, there are a lot of people walking around that are asymptomatic carriers. And while, while we don't like the idea of somebody asymptomatically giving us something at the same time, what it means is those people are okay. Their immune systems are functioning and, and, and working to, uh, to, to help them. And we can look and we can see that there, there are some countermeasures right now that, that seem to be helping. Like we said, with the, with the masks and the social distancing and washing your hands. I mean, imagine how much worse it would be, JJ, if I said to you, you know what? For whatever reason, soap does not work against this virus. How much worse would you feel? You know, you don't, we don't even have that. If I said to you, masks don't work, social distancing doesn't work, that, that would be way worse. I think that would be way worse. But I will also say that that is what I'm working, that is what our commissioner working to avoid. That scenario with, with a virus that defeats everything, with a bacteria that, that, that defeats everything we have and every possible measure we could take, would really bring society down. This, this is bad, but this is not as bad as it possibly could be. We need to, we need to prepare for the worst as well. There's, there's the truth of that statement. I'm trying to think if there's a way to phrase it. Like this can get so much worse. Does it make me feel better? But it's something I need to hear. You know, it's kind of like take your medicine. I don't know what to tell you. You got to take that medicine. It's bitter, but it goes down. It makes you feel better. It makes me feel better. Um, if someone is COVID positive and they're not showing any symptoms and they don't show symptoms, me not as a scientist, I go, ooh, a light bulb went off in my head. That means something in this person's genetic helix, double helix, their code or whatever, the virus, a virus only knows how to be a virus. A hawk is a hawk. Right. Dolphins are dolphins. They don't know how to chicken. But that's the thing with the HIV that confounded my memory, forgive me, of science, uh, science was confounded because a virus doesn't know how to hang out for three years before it attacks you. And they had to wrap their minds around it being more a blood, a, a weakened state. It wasn't just sex. It was the transmission, yeah. Because Arthur Ashe dying of pneumonia, athletes don't die of pneumonia. They don't. Right. Why does his wife have it if he has it? Why don't all his kids have it? It's fascinating. So if I have antibodies and I'm not getting sick with my asymptomatic, oh, take antibodies out of the equation. I apologize. It's confusing. And it's not correct. If I, if I have COVID and I'm not showing any symptoms, my body is fighting or resisting COVID. That's a great positive thing then that this exists. That's exactly That's the right. fight, I guess, for me. It is. It's okay, good. Exactly right. And, and when we talk about science and studying all of this, it's not just about finding that, that vaccine or antiviral or, or treatment. It's also about looking at people exactly as you said, looking at the people whose immune systems seem to be able to fight this off. There are plenty of diseases every day that we fight off that we just, you know, our immune systems know how to fight them. Uh, where, where we get into trouble is when, is when you have a virus or a bacteria that uh, are able to overcome a person's immune system. And that's what, I mean, that's, that's what illness is. That's the definition of illness. Um, 
that's when we get into trouble. But you know, I guess I'm just trying to make the point that there there are multiple there are multiple pathways for the science on this. Uh, if you could understand why one person's immune immune system seems to be able to help it fight off a disease without a vaccine or anything else, but yeah. the other person's doesn't. If you could understand that, I, you know, maybe yeah. the treatment for this is a, is it won't be a vaccine. It might be something I can give you to boost your immune response. Otherwise, some way to uh, to to make you better able to fight off disease. Is this a fair analogy? Like, um, I love the sun. I love it. I got to be near the ocean. I got to be on the ocean. I got to be on the beach. I like bikinis. Hey, FBI female body inspector. That's me. Uh, I love it. But then you meet somebody, they get sun, they get psoriasis, and they start picking at their elbows. So it's like, I, what, what they need to take isn't what I need to take because my elbows don't get a G. Is it, is it that? Is that what we're kind of talking about? I think eventually we're going to get there. We are. Tailored specific medicine to your genetic makeup, to your immune response. We're not there yet, though, obviously. I, I guess more to the point is if my body is fighting COVID because I'm asymptomatic, then I, that thing they're putting on their elbows doesn't apply to me because it's not bugging me. The sun's not bothering me, so making me yes. allergic. I'm not allergic to the light and the sun, right? Right. Uh, and for the listener, don't go down the rabbit hole in my analogies. Just we're sticking with data. And by the way, I want to congratulate you helping me formulate a completely non-political dis- – this might be the only one that's ever happened. The first one – I haven't heard anyone talk about this without mentioning that guy, this guy, that guy, that guy. And he said, but don't you think this, but there's just like Babel, Tower of Babel. The enemy, the enemy here is the virus. It is not a particular political party and it's not a particular nation. It's not any of it. It's the virus. Okay. I feel good because the people that aren't getting, the fact that there's Asus, is it true? I feel like the fact that anyone is asymptomatic, how do you say it? Asymptomatic. I almost said asymptomatic. I'm like, no, that's me. Sorry. Uh, the fact that anyone is asymptomatic, is that any, that seems like a giant across the board, top bottom positive. I, I think I use it properly at the time, top bottom. It's, it's a good, it's good news. If I mean, no one was asymptomatic, that'd be terrible news. That would be terrible news. Great. Right. I'm going to take it. And the fact that we're all working on it, who knows? Look, the people are the reason this isn't out of control. There's not a government on earth. I'm not telling you this, Dr. Asha George. I'm telling the listener. The NBA saved your life. Wednesday, Carl walks into my apartment and says they canceled the NBA season. I sat down because I knew this is really serious. Minus my girlfriend and Michael Jordan 28 billionaires all agreed to not make money. I'm taking out the black man and the woman. White men love money and bread. That's why they're fat. They love, and Viagra, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so the fact that 28 of them went. That was, Corey, that was Corey laughing. That was not me. Yeah, that was Corey. I, God, I forbid, God forbid you have a good time. No sound whatsoever. That was Corey. They know her voice. That was Corey. Uh, the, the fact that the owner of the, you know, Milwaukee Bucks, that throw James Dolan of the New York Knicks, well, he owns a cable company. He wants more money. That's what they do. Owners. And they all went, no. 
this is way early. And that's when I knew that was so serious. We, the people, make the choice to wear masks and not have tantrums in the supermarket and think it's some crazy, they're all out to get us. Don't you see what they're doing, planet? I know people are fucking dying. And there's not a politician on earth that thinks that guy you know being dead because he's dead. He's your uncle, he's your aunt, or she is your aunt. I don't know what kind of life they have. The people, we the people, for the people, by the people, and I swear to you guys, if you look at the timeline of this thing, the people have hit the brakes when others that we were trusting didn't. So all of us should feel damn good about who we are. We are the republic. Not these suits, not the people we vote for. You got to be a multi, 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 multi millionaire to even be on a ballot. You're not getting on a ballot with your $50,000 a year job. Unless you're in the green P party of, uh, you know, block parties, my party, block party. So we, the people, we, Corey, remember hashtag we? Yeah. That's what's up. That's what's going to pull us out. And I know you agree with that. We yep. got to be positive and really keep your ears dialed in, guys to the conversations about COVID and how they go backwards, not forwards. They all go, I don't give a shit what mistake anyone he made because there's nothing I can do about it. I'm in California. So we know that people have asymptomatic COVID positive tests. I told that was false, not false, true. It's true. We know that Dr. Anthony Fauci's word is the word. There's no way, 0% that Dr. Asha George, Dr. Briggs, Dr. Anthony Fauci are ever going to lie to you. It's impossible. They took a Hippocratic oath. First, do no harm. Not you, I understand, because yours is biodefense, not... Public health. Right. 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 So they're telling the truth always. That's what I know. I know there's no treatment for this yet. I know the earth is working on it. And I know the people would push them to shove will say, no, no. We throw things into the uh, Boston Harbor. We stand in front of a tank in Tiananmen Square, China. You can kill the man, but the idea in his head lives on forever. Che Guevara's last words, as Russell Brand says, I think those are delightful last words. Very inspiring. I think similar circumstances, my last words might be, oh, fuck, I'm dying. So I applaud Che Guevara. We the people. And don't you ever forget it. And I love you guys. And Dr. Asha, I love you for coming on. I hope you had a good time. Of course. I, this is, uh, there's no place for my jokes at all. And I needed this. And I needed this positive conversation. Like, just data. We come here for data. Is there a website? Is there a place people can go? Is, does your job have a website? Like, I, where do we go to get the data? Does the Anthony Fauci have a website? We're selling merch. What's up, Fauci? <laughs> If you want data, I would go to... Is that the proper pronunciation, by the way? It depends on where you come from. Is I it Okay. <laughs> where? If you want the data, you should go to cdc.gov. I think they have the best data there is. If you want scientific information, you want to know how far along are we with the vaccine or antiviral research or whatever. We don't know how far we are along. We don't really know. We don't yeah, know. Okay. But if you're going to go look, I would go look at NIH.gov, uh, FDA.gov. See what, they're, see what they're up to. What does but NIH stand for, Dr. George? The National Institutes for Health. That's where we do a lot of our scientific research here, medical research here in the United States. 
But we're going to put this on jmore.com, N-I-H dot. Gov. They're both gov. Yeah. See, your first answer, more ears, listen up. CDC.gov, Center for yeah. Disease Control, they only have facts. Correct. Uh, and if the facts changed, they didn't lie, they didn't get caught in a lie, the virus changes. You're chasing two rabbits. Right. You chase two rabbits, you're going to lose both rabbits at some point. Right. They're not lying to you. They lost both rabbits. They're going to grab one and they're going to choke it out. Trust me. It's going to happen. And our website, if you want to see what we're up to uh, with regard to biodefense in general and COVID-19 in particular, is biodefensecommission.org. Biodefensecommission. Mm-hmm. I'm Dot so org. stupid. Is that two M's or two S's or both? Both. Thank you. Multiple college graduates. Biodefensecommission.org. Okay. Corey, that's going to go first on the website. CDC.gov will be right underneath it. And we will have a banner that says in capitals, facts. That's what I can do. Is I can have facts at jmore.com where you see the link for CDC.gov, biodefensecommission.org. And I'm going to tell you guys something. I know Dr. Asha George, and if anybody tells me she lied, I will, it, I'll speak with these hands because I know her. I know her at her, her, I know her on a cellular level, her, her heart. She's not going to lie. These are good people. Let's listen. We got to find the signal in the noise, and we have it now because of you. CDC.gov, biodefensecommission.org. Yep. That's, that's where the data is. And if it's not there, it doesn't exist yet. It's a hypothesis, which means it's fantasy. You're wasting your time even. That's, I'm really talking to myself, doctor. So I don't worry tonight when I go to bed. Don't worry. I won't. I know it. I know. How about this? I actually know that I won't. I've had like a, a little bit of a, an awakening here. This is wonderful. You did that for me. Okay. That's who you are for me. You've really helped me today. And you've helped you know, a million, million subscribers. Kind of, we're kind of a big deal, doctor. I mean, we don't have doctorates or anything. It's a big uh, deal. I appreciate it. Thank you. You, by the way, you were fantastic. Because I know you and me will talk another point today, and you'll go. Did it go okay? I don't even. Come on, don't even. Come on. It was great. I promise. Okay. You. I love you, doctor. Thank you. Thank you. Same Put here. your name on it. Be a man. Put your name on it.